you can switch on that light at the back as well if you want to see the notes you make in your journal. And just so that I can send you a WhatsApp when you have fallen asleep during the sermon. Not to rebuke you, just to give you the rest of the message in a, in a voice note. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to share with you this morning. Father, I pray that you would continue this work that you've started in us today. That you would encourage our hearts. That you would continue to knit it closer to yours, your kingdom and your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. I really want you to listen to last week's sermon, as I just really shared my heart for the apostolic mandate, the mission of God for us. The mission of God for us. And how important it is that it would drive whatever we do and who we are. Today, I want to run you through one, one apostle's story. When I work through his story, I realize that there's a lot of touch points to my story and my life and all of our lives and all of our stories. And I hope this blesses you as we see how we can connect this unimaginably big kingdom and this unimaginably big task that God has wrought. How do we connect this to real life and to sinful people confused and broken as we often are? We'll be looking at our the commitment of one of Jesus' first followers played out. I hope you'll relate to it. I hope you'll receive grace and be encouraged that Jesus, God, He is able to complete the work He started in you. Amen? And that you are not powerful enough to mess it up to the point where He cannot restore it again. We're going to look at the story of Peter. (laughs) So he was called by Jesus. Him and his brother, those of you who've watched The Chosen would have seen it in HD. But his name was Simon back then. And um, he was not a noteworthy man. He didn't really make it that far, so he just became a fisherman. That was what he had, um, and that what he had to live off was the fish that he caught. And for some reason, when Jesus saw him and he called him, and Andrew, who was a disciple of John the Baptist, told, told Simon, listen, this is, this is a big deal, this is an awesome guy, this might be the Messiah, and he said... And when, when, when Jesus called him, I think the Holy Spirit had to do some, it had to be the Holy Spirit that prompted him, you know. When we just respond to Jesus, those first few times we respond to him, we don't really know what we're going to get ourselves into, and we don't really know what this is going to look like, but we do say yes because we know, like, I just need to say yes. 
and follow him. And that was, that was Simon's story. Jesus said, come and follow me. And at once they left their nets and followed him. just want to make a note of that. Simon left his nets. The only way he had to receive income was through his nets. It's very powerful that they say that. He left his nets and followed Jesus. And Jesus said, we're going to make fishes of men. How the heck are we going to make money with that? Jesus left his, Peter left his nets and followed him. Maybe this is for some of you. He was clueless, but he was all in. A while later, there was a beautiful moment after, like following Jesus. Once again, through the Holy Spirit, the Father worked in Peter's heart and he established a very important thing in his, in his, in his heart. He, he showed him who Jesus is and who he is in, in Christ. And this is the foundation of everything else that happens in his life. Through the hard times, through the good times, the word of God over his life remained true. When Jesus said, what about you? Who who do you say that I am? And somehow by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Simon Peter said, you are, are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. There was a beautiful moments between Simon and God already then. God revealed to him who Jesus is and he knew it. This may be one of the first who really knew it. John the Baptist knew it, but still sent his his disciples to Jesus to say, is it really you? Or are we waiting for someone else? But he got this revelation of who Jesus is. And immediately when he got this revelation, Jesus turned to him and he told him who he was. And I tell you that you are Peter. It means rock. He changed his name. You are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Key moments that establishes life and calling. You know, when God speaks over you words of identity and calling, it's so much bigger than what you could ever think. He says things like this. And you're like, no way. Not me. I still struggle with pornography. <laughs> I, still get, I, I still get drunk every other weekend. At that stage, that might have been true even of him. <laughs> now, this seems like a glorious setup, you know. And the Roman Catholic Church has made lots of Peter for, because of this. Like being the f- the first pope and the only one that can alter alter scripture, and now all of the popes after him can also alter scripture and what what, because it seems so massive, it seems so huge. You know, it's this setup for this 
this great man of God. I know who I am. I know who you are. You called me. I left everything for you. And now I'm going to change the world and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Many of us have had moments like that with God where he has spoken to our hearts. We've given everything. We said yes. And he's, and he's, and he's released in us this these dreams and desires and these passions. And we thought, oh man, imagine 10 years from now, like the world will not be the same because I'm going to be all for Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't help that much really because we are like Peter. In Matthew nineteen twenty-seven, Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? <laughs> oh man. Come on, Peter. You can't be better than this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Shocking. And Jesus was gracious in answering him and saying the truth. You will get much if you give up everything for me. Yet we see the mat- a maturing Peter, who is yet not quite there. <laughs> I'm so amazing. You've said all these things about me. Now I know who I am. I'm so amazing. You're right. But these things still needs to click. And then this has happened many times in my life. With full boldness and confidence. And I'm with Jesus. But then Moses and Elijah appeared the one day when Jesus was transfigured. And Moses and Elijah appeared. And Peter was there with them. And um, there was this glorious moment. And then Peter, with his big mouth, said, Lord, it is, it is good for us to be here. Oh, my word, Peter. Why do you even just shut up? If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then God, he was busy with something. Oh, I've had many moments like this where you just want to climb into the ground and disappear while he was still speaking (laughs) like God was busy doing something Peter was thinking he's got this you know he knows what to do but God is just like cutting midway through his sentence saying this is my beloved son whom I love I'm with him I'm well pleased listen to him you know God was busy with something and here comes Peter and thinks he can help and be the man but he just doesn't understand what the heck is going on and I can imagine him walking away, feeling like, shucks, I missed it. Oh, man, I missed it. I felt like that on mission trips so many times when the mission leader is like, yeah, you really shouldn't have said that then. Those kind of prayers, we don't pray them in these kind of situations. It's, and you're like, oh, will I ever get this right? <laughs> oh, and Peter was like that. He made massive claims as well in his passion. <laughs> um, G- Jesus told him he would deny him. Peter said, no freaking way. No, Peter declared emphatically. <laughs> Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. We stand in worship before God. Oh, God, I'll give my life. And I will cry. And we're like, oh, Jesus, I'll go to the cross with you. Oh, my life is not my own. 
You're all I need. Just give me coffee and friends and a house and a job and money and this as well. But you're all I need. <laughs> you, you big mouth. Just the way we are. But then when the actual cost comes, we can't do it. That's okay. And then a slippery slope starts. And yeah, well, I want you to really take note of the story. Slippery slope starts. He's had a couple of bad moments. And he's had a couple of good moments. But now he's going to mess it up. Jesus is on his way to the cross. And he's praying to the Father tears of blood. He's in agony. He's in fear. And he asks that Peter would be one of the three that would keep watch and pray for him while he goes to his father. And he returned to them and he found them sleeping three times. He would go back and he would just ask him, oh, would you please not sleep? Would you please pray with me? And then he goes away and he prays. And Jesus Christ, tears of blood, and then he comes back and they're sleeping again. I can just imagine the shame they were feeling. They probably they would have been tired for whatever reason. Just the shame of Jesus waking you up with blood running down his face saying, help me. And you fall asleep. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Isn't that right? And then he thought, okay, okay, so, so now when they're going to come and arrest Jesus, I'm going to be the hero and save the day and make up for everything that I've messed up. And then they, they came and they took Jesus and Simon Peter's like, oh, I'm going to save Jesus. And he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. And Jesus is like, oh, goodness, Peter. And he takes the ear and he puts it back on and he says, no, Peter. It's not what we're going to do. And Peter must have been like, okay. I just give up. Whatever I, I try, it just doesn't seem to work. I'm failing God. You said these things over me. You said who I would be and what we would do. But I try and then I fail and then I try again and I fail again and I give my all. But I, I'm just a sinful human being. The same sinful guy you saved back then. I can't be this. Like Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God, I can't even keep watch with you for one hour while you're crying tears of blood. And I misunderstand completely what's going on here. Oh God. But I'm going to just, with my last strength as they take you away, Jesus, I said I would. I said I'll die with you. So I'm going to just try whatever I can and just... Run with you. And he was, he was running after them at a distance that took Jesus away. And then he was sitting in some kind of a courtyard when, while they were interrogating Jesus. And you know the story. They came to him and said, but aren't you one of his? He said, no, I don't know. And again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. He denies Jesus. 
And later those who stood by came up and said, Peter, surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear. Man of God, on whom the gates of hell shall not prevail against him, began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know Jesus. Denies him. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. It was all over. This is really hard, hard for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> so he went out and he wept bitterly. It's all over. He said, I said, he said, I'll deny him. I said, I wouldn't. I messed all these other things up and now I've denied him three times by oath. Have you ever denied Jesus three times by oath? It's over, right? You'd probably be in hell, wouldn't you? You'd be tormented. But it's not like that with God. Because what God says over you remains true. Despite of the worst failing you can ever imagine. You know, Peter knew the heart of Jesus. <laughs> we read in John 21 verse 7 that when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he was in his boat and Jesus was brying on the shore for them. He was making some breakfast. The risen Jesus was, had a braai on the shore. Praise God. And when Peter heard it was the Lord... The last, the last thing was he denied him at the cross. He wept bitterly. It was all over. And he just knew, like, my only shot is just to run to Jesus and say, God, would you, is there any way you could, you, you, you could please forgive me? Would you, is there any way you could help me? Is there any way I can just say that I'm so sorry? He knew the heart of Jesus. I just find this so beautiful. He, he, he didn't run away, even though for some time I think he thought it was all over. But he, he jumped out of the boat into the water, took out off his garment, which you don't do, and he plunged into the sea, just going to get to Jesus. That was the heart of Peter. That should be our heart, so we can boldly enter the throne room of grace in a time of need, right? And then there was that moment at the end of the book of John, where Jesus restored him, after all. After he just denied him three times and just made the worst mess you could imagine. He said to him the third I'm Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now he's already asked him twice. You know this. This is heart-wrenching. Jesus is asking me, do you love me? He's referring to all the things that just happened. He just denied him three times. I was looking him in the eyes and said, do you love me? It must pierce his heart because it's like, how can I say that I do? I'm a hypocrite. I'm a liar. But yet, I do. I really do, but I, just, I couldn't do it well. In fact, I, I probably couldn't have done it worse. 
And every time when he asked him this drooling question, do you love me? Jesus says, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my lambs. Every time when he answers him, Jesus' Jesus' word to him confirms the word he gave him when he told him who he was. He said, on this rock I'll build my church. He said, now look after my sheep. How on earth can you still want me, Lord? How on earth could you still want to use me, Lord? And when he had spoken these things, he said to him, follow me. Those were the first words and the last um, to Peter. It's always the same. And it doesn't matter where we've wandered off and run off and how we've messed it up from wherever we are. We can have an encounter with Jesus and his love and he can restore us to that place. And he always says to us, his invitation stands and says, now follow me. And then Jesus left. Oh, Peter must have been so scared. He's like, Jesus, you left while you were here. I messed it all up. Now you ask me to do these things again that I can't do and you're not going to be here. You used to do these things. You now ask of me and I won't be here and you won't be here. Peter knew he couldn't do it. What a great place to be at. Amen. And they waited in the upper room for the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, wait before you go because you're going to mess it up. (laughs) And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. He received the power of God without which he could never do the things that God would have wanted him to do. And that useless man with the power of the Holy Spirit immediately went on and he preached one of the most amazing sermons. Right afterwards, he started a revival. He led the revival. 3,000 people came to salvation on the, third, on the first day when Peter preached how can you still use me Lord and you know what here I am I'm preaching as well many of you are doing amazing things for God as well with the spirit of God in you Peter wasn't a perfect man. (laughs) He also backslid a bit. Made big mistakes. Paul rebuked him while writing to the church in Galatians. He tells the Galatians, oh foolish Galatians. I mean they were a backslidden church. And he tells them how he rebuked the apostle who were in Christ before him. (laughs) The sins of our leaders and leaders shouldn't remain silent. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Peter messed up again, big time, for 
before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by, thy, by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? He was being a hypocrite. He said in his heart, I know the Gentiles can come to faith without keeping the circumcision, but when those of the circumcision comes, he would pretend like he's, he's with them. He was weak. He compromised. He was rebuked. But you know what? We don't know much of the rest of his story. We know he wrote beautiful books that we can learn a lot of. And his life ended in glory. Again, God restored him after that. And I guess many times afterwards, God restored him and he continued. Jesus told him <laughs> somehow in John 21 that when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Jesus knew that Peter would glorify God until the moment he dies and even with his death, even though he was a wretched sinner and a man who just couldn't get things right, who denied Jesus, who compromised on his, on his faith, who was a hypocrite, led others astray. And church tradition is that Paul's life ended when he was crucified. But he didn't, he asked them that they would please not crucify him the way that Jesus was because he didn't see himself worthy to die the same way that Christ did. And they asked that he, that they would crucify him upside down. So they crucified him upside down the way Jesus said he would die. Can we please stand and have the worship team here? And you can all stand with me. We're just going to pray. God, we want to, we want to say yes, Father. We are saying yes, Father, to your apostolic mandate, God, to your, your purposes on earth, to your church against whom the gates of hell shall not prevail. And Father, I thank you for the words you speak over us so often, how, how you love us. And declare beautiful things over us. While we are just wretched human beings who deny you and who are hypocrites and who are too weak. And who've got red face moments the whole time and who just don't understand spiritual things well enough. Yet you call us to lead revivals. Yet you deem us worthy to lead revivals. Yet you deem us worthy to live lives that ends by martyr's death. By your grace, God. By your grace, God.
all God wants from us, I would say, is that heart of Peter that leaves the nets at his command and just runs after Jesus. And when he's messed up, he jumps out of the boat and he just swims through the waters to get to Jesus. He's okay with our bold, ignorant statements. He's okay. I'm okay with it when my son tells me that he is he's going to kill the devil. I think it's quite cute. I know he can't, but I'm not going to correct him doctrinally. That's not the point. I'm going to smile and just love him. I believe that the Father just wants to comfort and encourage your hearts. That you can say yes to this mandate. That you can sacrifice and surrender everything to Him. But you don't have to get it all right. And you won't. You absolutely won't and can't. Stop trying. Because the moment you get it right, you become like Peter and say, Oh God, what will we get for all this sacrifice? Oh God, I'll never deny you. I'll even die with you. Yes, Peter, you will. But many things will happen before then. You'll first run away. If this message speaks to you and you need to reach out to God, just raise your hands to Him and we're just going to engage time of worship. I'm just going to pray over us. Over us. Just reach out to God with your hands and say, God, see me. I'm saying yes, but I'm saying I can't. And I've failed so many times that I even disqualify myself. I just like Peter must have disqualified himself. I see this, Lord. I thank you for your grace over us, God. I thank you for your grace that never fails us. Never fails us. Even though we deny you, Jesus, you still save us. You still use us. You still build your church on us. You still use us to lead revivals. The worst sin cannot keep you from being loved by and used by the glorious God of heaven. Can you see it in the life of Peter? Can you see it in your life? I believe God wants to open up our spiritual eyes and ears today and have encounters with us and meet with us. We're just going to worship whatever the worship team has on their heart. We're going to worship. I want you to look Jesus in the eyes and to have Peter-like moments with Him. Let Him speak to you and pour out your heart before Him. Voice like a raging 